Okay, so we have the privilege this morning of having some dear friends of ours, Nick and Robin Goff here. Raise your hands, guys. Uh, Nick, you can come on up. So uh, they are pastors. They've been pastors for how long? This is okay. 40 years, you guys. Uh, pastors and legends is probably a better way to say it. So uh, we, we met Nick in 2015 at a conference, and Grant was like, oh, there's that guy, Nick Goff. He's a prophet. I want to go meet him. And so the, I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and, you know, it was the break time of the conference. And so Grant comes back. He's like, you'll never believe he was praying, and he gave me this word, and then he gave you a word. you got to hear it. And he pulls it up on the phone, and I'm like, this is creepily the most accurate word of my life, and I wasn't even there. And I'm going, who is this guy? Grant goes, you got to meet him. So I, I come up to him. I'm like, hey, Nick, uh, you don't know me. You just prayed for me over the phone. Um, but wow, that was awesome. And he goes, let me give you something else God said and just again nailed it. And I'm like, what is happening? Uh, and he is a, a, an, not just a great prophetic voice, but an incredible man. And so I met his wife, Robin, a couple years ago at a, a leadership retreat. And I was just like with Kim Moss, yeah. And I'm like, I really think you're amazing. These people are normal. Can we just like give a high five? Like have seen like phenomenal miracles in the kingdom, but also normal. And that does not happen very often. And that's part of the reason why we just love them. Did you want to say something else? Um, I just want to say one quick thing. I want to honor them. They have this um, amazing radical yes to the Lord. And so three or four times now, four different times, but three churches now, they have said yes to God. They end up wherever he sends them, in some state somewhere. And he sends them to places that are hurting and broken and in trouble and need help. And they show up and they just begin to pour in the love of God and see it come to life and see it begin to thrive. Churches begin to grow and begin to really become everything you're hoping for, right? And then God says, let's do it again. And then it'll take them out of it and put, send them somewhere else. So they They've done it four different times now in their life. And Nick just turned 60, right, 62, and Robin just turned 60, I think. And they just did it again. So they had this amazing church in Montana, a uh, thousand people or something, and just seeing the kingdom of God like crazy. They've been there 14 years, deep, lifelong friends. And God says, hey, it's time again. And so they moved to a church in North Carolina with 80 people that was $200,000 in debt every year and broken uh, like as, as much as you And they said yes to God, and they moved everything to do again what he's called them to do. And they're already seeing tremendous fruit and life and health happening. So I love that about you guys. It's like, gosh, you're my heroes in, in that way of saying yes to God. I love it. Yes. So great. Wow. That was amazing. And so true. Um, we, I wasn't planning on doing a love offering for them, but if you would like to sow into their life, hand them some cash because, uh, they, as we just said, their church actually really needs it. Um, and so therefore it would be a blessing. Uh, anyways. Okay. So here's what we're going to do this morning as we were praying and just kind of feeling like, Lord, what are, what are you saying? Nick is one of the rare people. I'm going to call you a blessing prophet. I don't know what you call yourself. But one of the rare people who can just go down the line and give person after person an accurate word, just because you are, quote, a prophet doesn't mean your gifting works that way. Uh, a lot of people are considered prophets that their gifting doesn't work that way. And if, by the time they get to, like, person five or seven, you're like, you can stop. It's like not, it's not hitting the mark. Uh, Nick is not that way. How many of you guys were here the last time he was here? Two years ago, a couple. Awesome. It was, I mean, people stayed for, like, three hours listening to him prophesy over everybody. It was like... It was amazing. And it's God. Okay, let's just be really clear. For his sake, 
because this is what he would say. It's God. Um, but I wanted to do a little Q&A, and then we're really just going to kind of release him to just go. We're going to go down the, the rows like this. We're going to have music on. We're just going to invite you to worship. Um, and if you once you get a word, if, if you do want to receive a prophetic word, then you're free to go. Uh, if you have kids in the kids' ministry, we would invite you, when we get to this point, to come to one of the front rows so that we can release the kids sooner than later. Um, but that's coming in a minute. So just, just so you know, I want to say, if you don't want a prophetic word, you don't have to get one. Like, we, we do know this, right, that we're a free place. So um, there's been times in my life where I'm like, oh, they're prophesying. Get me out of the room because because I didn't want to deal with it, right? I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And then other times where I'm like, God, give me a word. So here's my first question for you. Um, why do people need prophetic words? You know, a couple of different things. I think that we all, isn't it, okay, uh, let me just share my story. I think I was 22 when I had my first prophetic word, right? I was at the University of Southern California. I, it was like 1978, I don't know, somewhere around there. But there was a guy from Mississippi, and I remember his name, uh, Clay McLean, and he called me out by name. It was so weird. Like, he looked at me, and so I lived with two football player roommates. You know, this is back when USC had a football team. And uh, Oklahoma is rocking it right now, right, in football. And so these two huge football player guys, and this prophet looks at me, and, and I'd never been exposed to this, and he calls me out by name. He goes, your name is Nicholas Paul. Paul means little. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and Nicholas means conquer. And so, and so he gives me this word, right, and he said this, because sometimes words are like for right now. So that first part was a right now word, right? And then he says this, and he's going on, and I see in the natural, God's made you really fast. I used to run track there. But he goes, and then he says this, I see you in the next couple of days working with junior high and high school kids. And I'm like, awesome. So I'm thinking little, like, next couple of days. It was six years. So that word that they gave to me, I'm like, false prophet, right? Now, a false prophet is not somebody who misses a word. A false prophets in Jude chapter 11, it's Korah, they've gone the way of Korah, Cain, and Balaam. It's character issues, okay? So just because you miss a word doesn't mean you're a false prophet, so get over it, okay? Old Testament, Deuteronomy 18, you had to be right 100% of the time. In 1 Corinthians 13, 9, we know in part and we prophesy in part. And if that wasn't true, then in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, right, why have two or three people judge it? So anyways, your question, which I didn't answer was, why do we give prophetic words? Yeah, why do you need it? Why, why do you, you need, need it? One? You know what, I think it does a couple of things. In my life, I have lived a prophetic, I've lived a prophetic lifestyle. And so it encourages us, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, it builds, strengthens, and comforts us. But there's sometimes in our lives, like, you got to know that you know that you know that God is leading you someplace, right? Like, for example, I had a dream. Sounds like Martin Luther King, right? I had a dream. We were down in Southern California. We're at a church of 2,000. In my dream, God's bringing us to Northern Cal. We leave a church of 2,000 to go to take a church of 20. Now, you don't do that unless you know it's God, right? <laughs> So whenever I like, I interview people on my staff, I go, you got to know that you're called. And so a, prof a, a prophetic word allows you to stay and it allows you to jump into the place God's calling you to do, right? So, so God doesn't want to keep us in the same place. He wants us to take leaps of faith, right? Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. That's a John Wimber term, right? But you're going to be stagnant. So I think we need a prophetic word to get us out of that situation. So I'll just share this with you. It was a year ago. I speak at a, at a place called YWAM. Has anybody heard of YWAM? Youth without any money. So, <laughs> so I was it's speaking at YWAM LA, 
And I get off, I'm getting off the plane, and this prophet guy from Hawaii calls me and goes, hey, bro, gives me a prophetic word. In two days, five different prophets from around the country called me and gave me the exact same word. Now, the word was ambiguous, but what was God doing? He was trying to get me unstuck because I had planted roots in Montana. We had, like, like Grant said, we had a good church. My kids, my grandkids were there. And for us to leave is, is an uber big deal. It's especially an uber big deal for my wife, right? So that prophetic word loosened me to move, right? Yeah. So sometimes we need prophetic words to get us unstuck. Sometimes we need to know that, hey, God's with me in this. And, and so I always say this, prophecy does, should do two things. Now, this is good. Prophecy should scream, he knows you and he loves you. So whenever you give a prophetic word, he knows you. Like he does, like sometimes we're like, God, are you, are you knowing what's going on right now? Yeah, he knows you and he loves you. So that's so good. Let's you can keep that one. Oh, I can keep the mic. Okay, so so <laughs> around here uh, in Oklahoma, you know, we've we've had a, our fair share of God doing extraordinary things with different people over the last several decades. One of the big things that I find with people I have conversations with is what do you, how? Okay, so we know we're supposed to judge a word, but yeah. I don't know that many of us know how to judge a word. Okay. So our we have a big value here of. Give the word freely, and also our expectation is on you guys to judge that word, right? So there's no, um, there's no like undue pressure that if I give you a word, you better believe it's from God, right? Because it's, right. it's in you. So talk them through. How, how do you do that? So you've got <laughs> so, five people calling. What do so, you do with that? So let me, let me tell you that never ever is a prophecy. <laughs> so in YWAM, I always say it like this because the context are young adults, right, 18 to 25. And so I say no mates, dates, or babies, Safe. Does that make that makes sense, right? But that world that world can stretch, right? Have you ever had a word about someone's mate? So what do you do? Are you exempt? I'm not exempt, <laughs> but I I I will encourage them, and I'll, so I rephrase words, okay? So if I'm, and this is what Graham Cook teaches us. If you follow if you follow Graham Cook, he'll he'll talk about flipping words. And so Isaiah 61, he gave me beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, right? So for example, if I see a young lady, I go, oh, I can hear the word abuse. I'm not going to call that out because that's going to trigger and that's going to shame. And God doesn't shame. So I'm going to call out. I see that you went through this, but this is what God's going to do. So remember in Genesis chapter 50, right, uh, 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 Joseph goes, what man is meant for evil, God is meant for good. So I'm going to call and flip a word. And am I answering your question right? I'm going to, yes. Keep, keep bringing a, me back because I'm AD. I'm there's like, another part of it. Okay, so you get a phone call. You I'm get, all over. <laughs> you get uh, five Squirrel. prophetic words. Okay, so you've got five prophetic words saying it's, it's time. Okay, so it's judging time. a word. Yeah, so, so what do you me, do? Let me, go do you back, let me go back to judging a word. So Mike Bickle, he's the guy who uh, I hop International House of Prayer. He writes a book called Growing in the Prophetic, and he says this. So it's revelation. Revelation is something hidden that's revealed. If your word is like 80%, like it's on, it's God, right? That's pretty good, right? Right? Eight out of 10 is bang on. You're still 20% in the flesh. So in Old Testament, they had a school of the prophets. New Testament, we want to encourage each other. So sometimes you're like, that's not God, right? But encourage the parts that are God, right? So for example, I'm speaking at the Vineyard Church, and, um, and there was a guy, and I heard the word Mike. So I made the assumption. So I looked at the guy and go, is your name Mike? He goes, no, right? So strike, but my son's name is Mike. Now, did I hear correctly? I heard the word Mike. 
His son's name is Mike. What got messed up is how I deliver the word, right? So a better way of saying that is, does the name Mike mean anything to you, right? That would have probably been a better way to say it. So as we come into this, as you're, like, anybody remember that old school movie, What About Bob? Mm -hmm. Remember? Baby steps down the hallway, right? So just think like, it, it's like baby steps. And some people are uber gifted, right? Your gift, you're like a 10 talent person, right? Other people are a one talent, right? Be faithful. Remember the story of the talents. What's rewarded back to you? Well done. Good and faithful. You've been faithful in this. Now I'm giving you authority over more cities. So as you're faithful in what God gives you, he gives you more authority in the gift. I'm not the most gifted people. I, I know people that are uber gifted, right? But they're not in ministry today, right? So my mantra, your gift can't sustain you where your character can't take That's you. That's good. That's so good. Okay, so if you're on the other side of that, and let, let me give you an example. So we had well, a situation. Somebody gets wounded in the prophetic? No, we had a situation a couple years ago, and somebody came up to this person, a friend of mine, and said, um, God is saying that you are called to children's ministry. Uh -huh. Okay, and this person is like, I am not called to children's ministry. Like, never once have I thought that. All uh -huh. my prophetic words are not about that. And so they kindly, this is what I encourage a lot of my friends, they kindly just said, hey, thank you. I don't know if that's true, but thank you, you know, because you're right, allowed right. to make the decision right, about right. that. And uh, this person kept going, no, I am telling you. God is telling you you're supposed to be in children's ministry. So what it did to her, and I've had this experience too, is it makes you think you're missing something, right? It makes you think that you're crazy. Like, well, somebody told me you're going to have another baby. And I said, uh, no, that's not true. Uh -huh. And they were like, no, I'm telling you, I see another baby. And I was like, it's not coming out of me because that's not happening, right? <laughs> and I'm like, God would have to do something very crazy for that to be a thing. Could it be adoption? I don't know. Right. But so then, then I spent three weeks thinking to myself, am I supposed to have another baby? Because this person who I don't even know, right? So right. if you're on the other end of it yeah. and you're hearing a word, how do you kind of move past that feeling when you're going, initially, I don't feel like this is God. Uh-huh. But, you know, how, how do you do that personally? Two different ways on that. So one way is that they're missing it, okay? Because we know in part, prophesying part, they're hearing the word baby. That what, what does that mean, word baby mean? It can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. They're thinking physical baby. Don't, listen, God doesn't want us to be a lawyer. He wants us to be a witness. Lawyers have to argue their case, That's right? Good. And so in the prophetic, don't be a lawyer like, I'm just telling you this is it and this is God. Don't do that, okay? Just be a witness. If I miss it, I just go, you know, okay, I'm an idiot, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, but God loves you, right? And so, but now on the flip side of that, I was at Alan Hawkins Church, right, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I spoke and I prophesied over their staff. What? Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's why I was looking at like, you know Alan, I know, I know Alan. Alan. Yeah. And so uh, Colleen, who's on staff with uh -huh. him, and I gave her a word. So Colleen was his administrative assistant. And I go, Colleen, I see you working with junior high and high school kids. And she's like, no way, Jose. Matter of fact, it was humiliating for me as the guy giving the word because Monday in their staff meeting, they were talking about, can you believe how wrong Nick was? Oh my gosh, <laughs> like it's not my heart's desire. I have no, I would never work with youth at all in my life. And then a year later, I get a call from Colleen and she goes, hey Nick, would you come speak at my junior high and high school camp? I'm like, can you say that real slow? <laughs> and she is a phenomenal youth yeah. pastor. She's an so, amazing youth pastor now. Yeah. So don't take those things. Like if you're the, the one giving the word, don't feel like you have to validate a word, right? Like, I don't know. That's just what I felt God say. 
And, and let, let it go at that, right? So don't have to feel like you have to be a lawyer, prove yourself right. Just be a witness, right? Because you're going to wreck people, and you don't want to wreck people. You want to encourage and love people, mm-hmm. right? So what I'm hearing and, you say is that there's permission for you to ask the Lord, what are you doing with that? And if you feel like God is saying, I'm not in that, yeah. it's okay to just release that and say, sometimes people miss it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. just don't, you know... It, does that mean anything to you? No, it's not even my heart's desire. Okay. And, but when that, they, they, if God does bring that to fruition, just like when that guy called me out by name and said I was going to be working with junior high and high school kids, this is how I responded. The next day, I'm like, this is the day. Woo! This is the day that my ministry will come. Didn't it happen? Second day, third day, third day. And, and I'm getting all like, you know, numerology and stuff. Third day, Jesus rose from the dead. Third day, I'm getting my ministry. Yeah! And it didn't happen, but it came about that when we came into youth ministry, it was through a tragedy. We got kicked out of a church, Robin and I did, and uh, it was Robin's fault. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I, I really believe that. <laughs> and, uh, but, but the Lord brought that word back to me, and, and kind of like Mary, like I cherished in my heart, like, wow, Lord, you brought me to this. It wasn't even on my radar, right? So That's good. All right, last question. Is this helpful for you guys? Right? Uh, and I, I wanted to do this because as we're moving into this season that we've been talking about with rescuing the people around us, being intentional with our faith, sometimes we've got to get really nitty-gritty honest with how to minister to people, right? How to be conversational about it, how to not make it mystical. I love the concept of being a witness versus a lawyer. Like, we don't have to prove it. And if, if we're wrong, we're wrong. If we're right, it will come about sometimes 6, 7, 20 years later. Yeah, let me tell you a true story. Now, I have five daughters. And that will get a guy praying. I'm just saying, five daughters. And in, throughout the times Robin was pregnant, I do not know how many, how many words did we get? The Lord's telling me, verily, verily, don't do that. Verily, verily, thus saith the Lord Jesus. <laughs> don't do that, okay? Just go, I sense in my heart, but I don't know how many words we we're going to have a son and his name was going to be Joshua. You're going to have a Joshua, right? And so, hey, I, I, we have a lot of Joshettes, but we don't have any Joshuas. <laughs> Do you have any son-in-laws named Joshua? I, no, I don't. Yeah, so That would be interesting. Yeah. Okay, last question, and then we're going to just release you okay. to, to pray. So when you do get a prophetic word, that's, that's not, it's more directional. It's not as much encouraging, right? Because sometimes right. the prophetic words we get are exactly what you said. God sees me. He knows you right where you are. When you get a word that's more directional, then what do you do? What should they do if they get a word so from somebody? If you get a word that is directional, I wanted to see it, I want to see it backed up. You know, because usually God's going to give you confirmation, right? So if it's like an uber-directional word, I wanna, I'm hoping I'm going to take it to prayer. I'm going to seek God. Uh, in this last move that we made, right, I had five different people give the same word over me. Uh, it, it was something that I think I was praying about for about 11 months. And then when God brought it about to make the move we're at, I had a really, really super uber-accurate word from a guy that I trust, David Wagner, right? Mm-hmm. David is, there's this guy, anybody know who Heidi and Roland Baker are? You guys know those guys? So it's kind of like Heidi and Roland's prophet. Um, so I trust his gift, right? But yeah, so if, if it, anyways. So let it be confirmation. Yeah, get confirmation yeah. on it. Be taking it to the Lord, cherishing the guy, pray into it. But don't get wrecked by it because Jesus is still Lord, okay? If we know in part, prophesy in part, then give people permission to miss it, Right? Because they might be hearing, they might be hearing it. I always say this: give what you get. We hear God differently, okay? So some people that are more seer bent, you're going to get pictures, visions. Just give what you get. Seers and seers have the propensity to mess things up because they want to interpret what they're giving. Mm. I was in Salem, Virginia, 
and first-time visitor. Now, as a pastor, there are these pastor rules. Never embarrass first-time visitors. I, the Holy Spirit, I don't think, gets this. It does not, no. Right? Not, not at all. But I'm there. I didn't know this guy was a first-time visitor. And I go up to him, and I have a picture of a red brick house, white pillars, in black letters, 2439. Doesn't mean anything to me. So I got, I got a vision of a red brick house, white pillars, black letters, 2439. Does that mean anything to you? Notice how I didn't try to interpret that, right? And he goes, I live in a red brick house. It has white pillars. And my street address, which is written in black letters, is 2439. Wow. Which I quickly said, Lord, what are the winning lottery numbers? <laughs> <laughs> more, Lord. More, more Lord. More. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I've got one more, one more question. So here's what I thought would be helpful. I told Nick this yesterday, so it's not totally on the spot. But um, when he does start praying over whoever wants to be prayed for, again, I, I stress that so much because in the seven years that we've been pastoring this particular church, uh, I have met dozens of people who have been treated poorly in the name of the gifting of the Holy Spirit. And if I asked you guys to each tell your story, most of you guys, especially if you've lived around here for any length of time, have a story of somebody who used a gift of the Holy Spirit to try to convince you of something you manipulate. felt like. The Holy Spirit doesn't manipulate. No, the Holy Spirit does not manipulate. And so we, we purposely err on the side of a lot of freedom and the only control in the kingdom that's legal is self-control, right? So you absolutely have permission to say, I do not agree with this. Maybe don't say it to his face unless you really need to. You can. You can. He will let you. Yeah, we trust him. Um, but you're absolutely free to go, I think that wasn't accurate. Or I'm just going to write that down, put it in a drawer, revisit it in a year. So I want you guys to know that, okay? <clears throat> that being said, I also think it's important. There's two sides to every coin. It's important for us to push ourselves to do something different than we're accustomed to. So just because we might be a little gun shy doesn't mean you still don't fire, right? You still don't try to fire. I only say that because I was at Robin's women's retreat, I think it was like a year ago uh, in October, and one of their activity with the women was to go to the gun range. And I was like, Montana women are like legit, you know? And they all brought their own guns, and they were like, shooting range, it was so much fun. I'm like, this is the normally women's group's like craft time. And she's like, did you bring boots? Because we're going to this outdoor range, and we're going to be shooting guns. I was like, yes, I'm excited. <laughs> It was fun. Um, so, ladies, if you want to do a, a gun range night, I guess we can try to make that happen. Uh, yeah. Montana, where the men are men and so are the women. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so I just thought that we could have a teachable moment and let you model what it's like to give a prophetic word yeah. to somebody. So, if you're comfortable with him giving you a word in front of everyone, would you just raise your hand? Okay, sweet. So, pick one of them. Keep sure. your hand up. Yeah. We're just going to ask the Holy Spirit, pick one of them, and then give them the word, and then we're going to kind of dissect it on the back end, okay? So that's what's going to happen, okay, so, as so, you feel. So do you want me to teach? I can teach through this. Do you want me to do that? Yeah, So do you that. guys kind of know. Because I remember, like, my first exposure to being prophetic, around prophetic people. I was 22 years old, and I thought it was, like, the amazing Kreskin. Like, they know. They're reading my thoughts. It doesn't roll that well, right? Because, like, Ezekiel will say... The Lord didn't reveal that to me. Now, I have 99% of the time when I give a word, it's not like, oh, yeah, I got the Holy Spirit goose pimples and I feel them, you know, on the back. I take a leap. So Jack Deere writes a book called Surprised by the Spirit. And he said, prophecy is kind of like jumping out saying, catch me, Dad. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I operate. I'll tell you a true story. I was asked to speak at a marriage retreat in Big Bear, California. I was invited by this Korean guy who had married this Swedish girl. And uh, Quinn Vu was his name. And they're doing worship. Unlike today, I thought worship was amazing. Like it brought us in presence, right? So have you ever been like at a service where the, there's like an anointing void? 
Yeah. Like, like the more they start to play, the more there's like, we're so far away. <laughs> and I was feeling that. I'm like, oh my gosh, they want me to minister prophetically. And I wasn't feeling it. And then I repented. Because I'm like, they're like, okay. So I broke them up doing prophetic exercises. And, uh, and then I heard the Lord say, Nick, they didn't invite you here to do your stupid prophetic exercises. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, Lord, but I'm not feeling you. And then the Lord, what I felt like the Lord say to my heart is, am I feeling to you? Mm. And I'm like, no, Lord. So I started crying, <clears throat> repetitive, wow. like, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry. You guys invited me here to prophesy and I wasn't feeling it. And I'll just start with you, Quinn. And then I said this. It was a time specific. I go, the Lord's telling me you're going to get fired this week, but rejoice because by the end of the week, you're going to get a new job. I'm driving home from the mountains. I'm like, why did I say that? That was so stupid. <laughs> like, I just gave him a time space. Like, hopefully I'll never see him again. And it's like Wednesday, I get a call. And I get a call, pa Korean, or uh, Vietnamese. Pastor Nick, I'm so excited. It's like Wednesday. I'm so excited. I go, what's up, Quinn? He goes, I got fired today. And then I quickly started praying, Lord, please let him get a job by Friday. <laughs> So I only to say, I want to teach you guys, because this is my heart, and uh, this is my heart with the prophetic, and this is what I do with YWAM, is I believe that in, in the culture we're in right now, that the apologetic is the prophetic, and I say that because that's what I see Jesus doing in John 4, like he engages somebody who's so unwanted, so disdained, and he sits and he, he loves on her. Because it's just, he sits down next to her and, and he engages her. And then he just gives her this word that leads her to the revelation that, hey, you're Messiah. And I don't know how many times, like I can look back like last week, right? Last week, I, um, last week, I, well, a couple weeks ago was Robin's birthday. And I give this waiter a word in, in like in the midst of COVID. And we're walking outside and he, come, he comes out of the restaurant and hugs me and starts crying. And he goes, can I have your phone number? I go, no, I don't roll that way. <laughs> yeah, are you with me on that? And, and uh, we were in praying for a friend in, uh, a week or two ago, and he's all messed up physically, and we see God do a lot of miracles. And, um, and so I took Robin out. It was kind of like a date night. And I prayed over the waitress, and she just, right? Robin's in the bathroom, so I'm praying. It's like I pray over waitresses all the time. And she just starts crying at the table and sobbing, right? Now, that's why I say this like, like, it's cool in church, but when we leave, like, mm -hmm. like take risk, right? And even if it ends, like, hey, hey he loves you, he knows you, right? Because you got to make that step to step out. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you, ma'am. What's your name? Teresa? Yeah. You can sit down. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's just, you're in a season of healing. And you're in a season, I hear God saying that the loneliness and the things that you've had to endure, there's been betrayal in your life, right? That the Lord's going to rectify that. You have a heart after the Lord. I see intercession on you. And I see worship and like a new form of worship coming upon you. And I see, and I, I don't know if you care, I, I, I don't know if you keep like a prayer log, like where you write things out. Do you do that? Because I see you with a book and you're like writing prayers out before the Lord and you're weeping and travailing over it. There's family members that you've been contending for for a long period of time. And this is a season of dominoes. Do you have a, is it a, a, you have a daughter? Yeah, and I pray for daughters. And so I pray over your oldest daughter right now. And, and I feel like the Lord's blessed her in a lot of different ways, but I, I hear the Lord saying there's gonna come a turning. Did she know the Lord as a young girl? And I just feel like there's a turning back to the innocence, turning back to the call of God that's upon our life. Does that make any sense to you? 
okay? Now, I had no idea what I was going to say, okay? I just stepped out, right? And so it wasn't like a feeling or an emotion, right? And so, Father, I'm going to pray a blessing over you right now. That hope, can I put my hand on your head? Thank you, Lord. Hope over you right now. And the rest of God over your mind right now. Thank you, Lord. What you've sown in tears, what you've sown in tears is going to be reaped in joy. Thank you, Lord. You've been crying out to the Lord, saying, Lord, when, when, when? I just hear these when, when, like when, Lord, when, when, when? And the Lord hasn't forgotten you. Thank you, Lord. It's been a real battle. It's been a real battle. And the Lord's saying that you're a warrior, a warrioress, that he delights in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I hear the Lord saying visitation. There's just going to come a visitation, angelic visitation, right? You get glimpses of that already, but it's going to it's going to be more of a habitation like it's just like it comes and goes and it's inconsistent but the Lord's saying there's going to come a place and that's what you've been contending for there's something about your house there's something about about in the place that you live that just people are going to come in and you're going to see people get freed up and there's a strength coming over you as the woman of God there's a strength coming over you right now thank you Lord thank you Lord Father more well it up right now thank you Lord I love you you're awesome (laughs) okay so here's what I want you guys to see most of us are probably going, wow, how did you do that, right? Or wow, what, what just happened? So what I love that you said is I didn't even know what I was going to say. Right. And so just picture yourself as him. I just told him, pick somebody and prophesy over him. And all of us are like, I'm sorry, what? You, you want me to do what, right? And so the reason why you're able to do that, talk to us about the trust that you have in who God is. Because I know you, it's not about you. Right. It has nothing to do with you trying to be something. It's a yielded, you're like, I'm a vessel for the Lord. So just walk yeah. them through just the last thing before we start praying everybody. So this is like, I think maybe like in the prophetic stream that um, there's a lot of pressure to be accurate, right? And so for like, oh, there's so, you know, and for people that travel, it's so accurate, right? But what I, what I feel like that leads to idolatry, mm-hmm. that you don't want to get an identity in how accurate you are. This is me. I want to, I just want that identity to be the, the love son, mm-hmm. right? I just, you know, if I can make him famous, that's awesome, right? I'm not a very good marketer, you know? I brought books. Go, ahead, Go buy them. them. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot to say that. Go buy them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not about that. It's just about like, wow, Lord, I get to partner with you. Does that make sense? And it's kind of an adventure because you just never know, right? So look at it like baseball. We just got done with the World Series. Go Dodgers. Um, but if you're a really good baseball player, like Ted Williams, historic, he only hit four out of ten times up to bat, right? Hitting 400, right? So if you can, like, does that make sense? So it, it go up. It's an adventure. You never know. Somebody's going to go, wow. And sometimes, like, like, we train people how to hear the voice of God. And sometimes God, like, we got this guy, Lee, back in Montana. And he, <laughs> and he would come up with the weirdest things. Like, the Lord's telling me cinnamon roll. I'm like, what are you talking about, Lee? <laughs> the Lord's telling me, Nick, I got a word for you, cinnamon roll. I'm like, what? And then, so I'm at the airport, and this guy goes, hey, do you want my cinnamon roll? I'm like, what? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. okay, now I just open up to cinnamon roll. That's really weird, Ted. Like, okay. God, you set me up for this. Does that make sense? Yeah. So did That's I explain so that right? I think you did, yeah. Okay. Why don't you do this? Look, pray over everybody. If you guys are like, man, I want an increase in the ability to hear from God. And coupled with that, the yieldedness to let God use me, right? Yeah. Just go ahead and raise your hand. And then and then what we're going to do is just kind of allow him to just go without the microphone throughout everybody. Again, if you have kids that are in the kids ministry, please come sit in these first two rows. And he's going to get to you guys first so we yeah. can release them. Yeah. Um, but just go ahead and pray an impartation. Yeah. 
So I'm gonna do this. Father, first of all, I break the fear of man mm -hmm. right now. And I lose just the, the reverence and the awe of, of the Lord over you right now. That would be called the fear of God. So, but we read that differently. Like, I'm fearful of God, but I, I lose the awe of God over you right now. And the amazement of heaven be loosed over you right now. And the Father, in this room, I just loose a prophetic mantle over this church right now. That, Lord, there's gonna be testimonies. There's gonna be testimonies. There's gonna be messages of people that have been touched through the prophetic word. I always say this, sometimes our tests lead to testimonies. Our messes lead to messages. And Lord, in our mess and in our test, Lord, there will be testimonies and messages of people being set free, people coming in the kingdom of God, people being delivered. Thank you, Lord. Loose it over the, this group right now. Thank you, Lord. Father, it's no surprise that you put Grant and Rachel in this place for such a time as this. And Lord, that they would counter that religious spirit that's in this area. Is it okay if I say that? Yeah. And so, Lord, come Holy Spirit right now. Just receive an impartation of the prophetic mantle right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name. Just receive that right now. Just, just grab onto it right now. Lord, I, I receive that mantle right now. As Elijah passed a mantle onto Elisha, I just pass whatever thing I have onto you in the realms of the prophetic, not my messes. But, but I pray that prophetic mantle would be upon you. Lord, you would increase right now. And the hope of the kingdom of God would be upon you now. In the name of Jesus.